Again, you come before us, Your Highness. Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name's Roger Heathers, and this is episode 69. With me, as always, is my co-host, Declan Edward Kitchener. That's not my middle name. What is your middle name? Ross. Ross. It's called... It, my middle name is Ross because of Paul Dark. Is um, it? Yeah, my mum was a fan of the original show, and uh, yeah, she wanted to call me Ross, and my dad wanted to call me Declan. So... Because the lead character's called Ross Paul Dark. You're... Oh, interesting. Huh. How are you doing today, anyway? Um, I'm Ross? Doing, <laughs> I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, I've forgotten what your middle name is. My middle name is Michael. Michael? Yes, Roger Michael Heathers. Well, fantastic. The most English name that has ever been. Declan Ross Kitchener. Um, <coughs> uh, but, um, yes, hello to... Welcome to Ross and Michael host, host, hosting this podcast. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we are doing good with Ingolology today, aren't we? So, uh, for anyone who's new to the podcast... They um, may be wondering what the hell is going on. <laughs> Roger. Over there, Declan, over here. Weekly yes. Song Podcast. We write songs in a week. In a week, yeah. We, we each write a song in the space of seven days, bring them to the podcast, talk about them on the show, dissect the chords, the lyrics, the structure of the songs, the inspirations. And we have a new challenge sort of system for this round of the podcast. We're in the second week of it at the moment. Um, Declan, do you want to tell people, about the, uh, tell the people at home about the challenge this week? Well, so uh, we this run of the podcast, each week we are sort of inspired or like trying to work in the inspiration of uh, a certain piece of artwork or a certain idea. Last week we did Casablanca, and this week we are sort of working from The Scream by Edvard Munch, um, uh, who, you know, was a painter who painted a picture in 1893 of a man with a shocked expression of a blood-red sky. Yeah, it's a series of uh, paintings. I think there's the one famous one that everyone knows, and then there's a couple of others as well. But mm. they're all basically identical. So, yeah. Yeah, so we took a look, look at that each over the course of this week and wrote a song somehow inspired by it. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to write an audio song with words about something which isn't audio or literary at all, you know? I think the reason that we ended up picking the scream was... Uh, we were thinking things to be inspired by, and I remembered that uh, on Queen 2 there's a song called The Fairy Fellas Masterstroke, which is uh, inspired by a Richard Dad painting of the same name. Oh! So, yeah. Ah, this is news to me. Yeah. Oh, cool, okay. Yeah, I was listening to Queen 2 a lot recently for our thing on the YouTube uh, channel, which, um, yeah, Queen 2 is a great album. Anyway, uh, back to the songs <laughs> that we always, wrote. There's always some point in the podcast where we go into this little rabbit hole of Queen 2 or, yeah. or Doctor Who. That's the other one. <laughs> yeah. It's not like I'm obsessed or anything, he said wearing his TARDIS T-shirt. Um, yeah, so uh, I think it's me going first this week with my song. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, your song first this week. Cool. Um, Here um, it is. <laughs> Bravo! Bravo! Okay, so this is my song for this week. Uh, it is called Lithograph. It's a working title. That's the only reason it's a title, because it's the most interesting word in the song. Um, and it goes like this. Of a man we uniformly understand. Oh, 
start to scream Lithograph was a working title for that song, and uh, so tell us about it. I, is there's a lot going on there? Obviously, lyrically, I find it quite hard to read off first listen, but really great song. Because I'm mumbling half the words. <laughs> um, cool. So uh, this song started off uh, in a slightly weird way. I last week, obviously, I did quite a soft song, and I was thinking in the back of my head, right, I want to do something a bit bit heavier, a bit harder. And uh, I started reading my... I started doing my extensive research about the screen, which consisted of reading the Wikipedia page and everything I knew through pop culture. So, you know, really, really in-depth there. But um, uh, the sort of of sentence that stayed in my head was, like, the idea of a screen throughout nature Mm -hmm. or, like, a screen throughout everything. So I thought, okay. What I can do with the music then is if I keep one note, like going mm. throughout the entire thing, yeah, because then that's like a constant thing. So that's why you have like the. Uh, I think that B flat appears in every single chord in the song. Wow, really? I think so. That's so cool. Unless I fucked it up somewhere. Um, thing to note: uh, it was originally an A, but uh, it was changed to make it easier to sing, and I tell you exactly the part where it was it was that uh was quite uncomfortable so i just thought well i'll just move the rest of the song up slightly mm. and then i'll go down for that bit and it sort of works and i think i think it fits the difference the semitone can make it helps doesn't it yeah um so that's where the musical idea started i think i may as well just explain where all the screen references are in the lyrics. Sure, sure, okay. Uh, just to start off, and then we'll do the music in a second. I'm aware that I am rambling. Um, so beneath a blood-red sky, you know, obviously the sky in the painting is red, and uh, Monk said that he was sort of inspired by this moment where, for him, the sky went absolutely red, and people have been trying to figure out whether that's literal or in more like ever since. But that's why that's there. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's the one I... That's the only line I understood, but carry on. <laughs> uh... And everyone's got shattered dreams, nature always wants to scream. Uh, I think in some languages, the title translates as the scream through nature. Mm, okay. So that's why it's that nature always wants to scream. Right. And if this is the idea, like this, if the music and, you know, the original work is saying, like, oh, this is a scream throughout nature, this, therefore everyone can hear it at some point. And it, 
in a weird way, that painting does speak to a lot of people. <laughs> like, as much as, like, people take the piss out of it and everything, there is, like, something truthful in that image for people to, like, you know, uh, adopt it and uh, satirise it and whatever as they have. Yeah, it seems pretty universal and, like, accessible, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, so that's kind of, like, the idea for the next few bits as well. Demons starts to spread and all of that shit. Um, there's two bits in there, multiplying by design exponentially over time and... Uh, the lithograph has done your job. Where I think there was, um, I can't remember, there's this story on Wikipedia, which is brilliant research, isn't it? But um, this artist is saying, like, oh, I'm going to paint like millions of versions of the screen. And, uh, you know, I'll make the original less valuable because there'll be all these copies around. Right. Despite the fact that Monk actually made a lithograph of the screen so that you could copy it. Oh, really? So, like, you know. Uh, yeah, it's designed to be copied over time. And if you try and, like, sort of, like, uh, create copies of it, like, you're doing exactly what the artist wanted. <laughs> That's really funny, that. Uh, it's also the line behind the behind the iron bars, one mistake too far, that also ties into that, because um, uh, I think in the 90s it was there was an attempt made to steal it at some point. I think they did actually steal the original painting. Uh, but they managed to get it back at some point, and the people did go to jail, I think. Citation needed. Um, so the lithograph has done their job, essentially, of like being able to copy the screen, as well as like you know the fact that we can now just look at a picture of it on the internet. Right, yes, yeah, so accessible now, yeah. So that's kind of what that's about. The rest of it is literally just like universal recognition of, of that image and a literal description of the, the image, like... You know, the eyes about a choice and the lungs about a voice and everything. Like, that's literally mm. just like, you know, it's a picture of a screaming man. Lungs <laughs> without a voice. That's a very... I like that line. It's cool, yeah. that. Yeah. So that's kind of... That's how the screen factored into the lyrics. Uh, and then, basically, the amount that it factored into the music was, as I say, it's got that... Uh, beef black going all the way through it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what sort of made me think about the riff was that I was... For some reason, I just ended up listening to a lot of Foles for some reason this week. Oh, huh, OK. I have no idea why. Um, but on their most recent album, they've got uh, Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost Part 2. They've got, like, a load of tracks where they'll have, like... Um, like, guitars that do that in the background, mm -hmm. and you'll have, like, another guitar and a bass doing... stuff like that to yeah sort of like, so you've got this really soft gentle like stuff on one side and then like the big riffs on the other good example of that is the track the runner but that's why you've got that It's kind of like trying to do that on one guitar. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, because usually that would be divvied up between two guitarists, but yeah. right now you've got to play it all yourself. <laughs> yeah, and sort of like coming, trying to come up with ways to vary that over time. So that's why in the second lot of verses that you put the third in there and it's just like... Mm. For something a bit different. I, I must say, Declan did get all the way through in one take um, quite a difficult guitar piece there with um, absolutely no edit. I mean it, Scout's Honor. Um, but yeah, the the amount of different things you can do while keeping that one B flat going the whole time is pretty impressive. Because that could become quite monotonous and like, oh right, it's just the same thing over and over again. But the amount of variation, like you said, especially when you add in the third, it adds a different sort of flavor to the to the sound. Yeah, it's kind of um, the the part I'm sort of happiest that I managed to keep that B flat in was the chorus bit because that's like chromatic dissension and like. Or, you know, and normally if you've got like, for example, you want to keep a G in something, it's quite easy to do that and keep that in scale, like, and just keep the G on everything. Like, uh, Wonder War is a good example of that. Mm. You know, it it won't sound really off with any chord that you go to because it's in scale, but if you suddenly start going out of that scale, 
like yeah. you're suddenly beginning to hit upon a few weirder things that you wouldn't necessarily want to do. Sure, yeah. So the way you manage to keep that B flat going throughout all of that is you go to an uh, E flat. And then technically this is a D augmented. Aha. Uh -huh. The way I'm playing that is uh, five on the A, four on the D, three on the G, three on the B. To a C sus four, uh, C sharp sus four. Just cheating that a little bit because it's a bit difficult to play in that key. You could. That works equally as well, and then to a C7. Right, right. And, so you, then, and you're keeping that one note there the whole time. Yeah, and then mm. to a B flat, uh, to a B major seven, which has got the B flat in it as well. And then to a F sus four, I think. Uh, I just want to correct that C sharp is actually a sus six. Okay. But yeah, that's kind of keeping that all together and flowing through nicely. And I just want to say that D. Augmented actually came about uh, through last week. We were discussing like augmented chords and doing things like yes, things yeah. like that. And then I remembered like saying, "Oh, I used to reverse a lot of chords all the time." So I thought, "Okay, I'm not actually going to reverse a chord sequence, but what if I put the augmented after the resolution? If that makes sense, because normally what you might do would be to go." Mm -hmm. So to do it the other way around. Yeah, yeah, that's quite interesting to like flip it on its head. I like that. Yeah, and I should explain the reason why you've got like two quite similar wrists in there. You've got like the, and you've got the. Mm -hmm. That is entirely because I forgot how I played the riff originally. Oh, right. so you had to like re-remember it. Yeah, and then I sort of ended up falling back. Over. <laughs> okay, I can't lose that, so I have to put that in as like a B section or something, yeah. like, you know, another little bit. So they are quite similar then, like rhythmically and everything. Well, as well as the fact that the reason why that doesn't always like come across so well when I'm playing it acoustic is because I'm trying to keep that B flat on top of the chord as well. Mm. So it ends up like being a bit sloppy sometimes. So. Did at any point when you were writing this song? When you had that thing in your head, right, I'm going to have a B-flat in pretty much like every single moment of the song, was there a certain point where you went, fuck's sake, why did I choose to do this? It's such a challenge, you know? Oh, all the time. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Because <laughs> uh, you'd think, like, uh, OK, so I've got... So if I go down to a... No, I can't do that. It's got to have a B-flat. OK, that doesn't sound any good now <laughs> next to the other one. Yeah. Like... OK, let's go up to an S-sharp. Yep. Okay, no, that wouldn't actually work. So could I? No, but I need to keep that. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Like, it's uh, like a maths problem. Well, it, it is a little bit. And there was that, that, um, that bit ended up sort of almost being a bit of a maths problem in that, um, originally it was F to G sus2 to F over B flat. So originally it was something like which is nice, but it it sort of feels more born out of necessity. Right. Yeah. As compared to when I sort of fucked it up one time and accidentally put a E flat over G there. It's like, oh yeah, that works. That feels a lot more musical. And it sort of works quite nicely to go back into that F flat over B, like, because uh, you've suddenly gone. Mm, mm, mm. Wow, my, my head hurts thinking about how you must have done this. Um, Slowly, painfully. This is like some kind of karmic feedback uh, for that time we did that for, uh, songs the same way forwards as backwards and I did it note for note for note for note for note and I didn't need to do that. So <laughs> I think we're kind of even now. <laughs> um, but no, kudos for, for working all that out. It's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Um, I think that's about what there is to say about the song other than the fact that the guitar bit is like, you know, that is kind of literally designed for a band where you've got the... 
<laughs> right, right, right. You know, you've got to be a bit careful with how you're doing that on an acoustic because the temptation is to go. And then you've realised, oh shit, I should have gone to the riff there. Yeah, yeah, like there's no. <laughs> no, really cool, really cool all round. Um, again, like last week, the research you've done into the song and the actual like facts you've Reading the Wikipedia got... page once. <laughs> Dude, that's more than I've done this week. I mean it. Right. Oh. I, uh, unless there's anything else you'd like to say about your song, I suppose I should move on to mine. There's nothing I can think of to say. Unless there's anything you want to ask. No, no, I'll, uh, I'll move on. That's really cool. Nice cool, one. Cool, I can forget this now. <laughs> <laughs> and relax. Okay, this is my song. I'm inspired by The Scream, and it's called Grand Pier, and it goes like this. If I get down on my hands and knees, wait my turn as the cold sets in, then I don't think I'll ever belong. No, I don't think I'll ever belong If you go back to the same old ways Then it's my fault if I play that game And I don't think it'll last very long No, I don't think it'll last very long And it's okay if you think that I'm crazy Cause I fall deeper with every word As you walk in the back of my panic attack Well, my lines are increasingly blurred And I've been there in the back of the picture making love in the back of my mind but i must let go of this tv show because i think that it's making me blind it's making me blind it's making me blind well if i turn my back and run before this heartache had begun i'd be on my feet by now if we keep playing the same old game Then you'll play steady and I'll play strong And I don't think it'll last very long No, I don't think it'll last very long If I go crazy and lose my head oh, Well, at least I'll find someone else instead And I don't think it'll be very long No, 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 I don't think it'll be very long And it's okay if you think that I'm crazy Cause I fall deeper with every word as you walk in the back of my panic attack Then my lines are increasingly blurred And I'm in there in the back of the picture Making love in the back of my mind But I must let go of this TV show Cause I think that it's making me blind Oh yes, it's making me blind Oh yes, it's making me blind I said it's making me blind show <laughs> that's amazing like whoa <laughs> thank you i hate you so much because <laughs> that is brilliant like, i i just properly brilliant you need to do a full band version of that like seriously phone up hitty right now <laughs> thanks man um yeah i appreciate your hate thank you <laughs> <laughs> It's a very healthy relationship we have in this podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you might be wondering, I suppose I'll do lyrics because it's on my mind first. How is that related to the painting, The Scream, right? So um, the chorus is really the first part that I wrote, which is unusual for me because usually I start from an intro to verse to work in chorus. Yes. Um, but with this, um, I came up with the chorus first, and it has the most in relation to the painting, The Scream. Now, what you've done, Declan, with the painting this week is you kind of looked at it and you've done your research and done it properly whereas me what i've done is i made it the background of my phone the wallpaper on my phone and all week long i've been looking walking around in various situations i'm in i take a look at it and just study it visually i just had this image of you like going to an awkward party or something and just like you can't find anyone there so i better guess i look at my phone and just eventually you hear this voice just like it's okay, Roger. We all feel the madness from time to time. It's not actually that far from the truth. Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, how did you get the voice that accurate? <laughs> so, I basically just looked at it and and wrote about what it made me feel and what I got from the image. So, in the image, you got the in the foreground, you got the guy screaming. You know, the famous bit, the yeah. famous screaming guy, and then in the background, you got a couple, and they're walking along what looks like a pier, right, and. Um, those are really the main two elements of the image that I took away from it. So you, 
in the foreground of the image, it, here's my interpretation of the, what I took from it. you got this guy, he's having a meltdown, a breakdown, a panic attack, uh, not a very good time. Um, and in the background, you have two relatively normal-looking people. They're, they're blurry because it's the background of quite an abstract painting, but they're two people who look like they're wearing suits, you know, a man and a woman wearing a suit and a dress, that sort of thing. And so, to me, that was like normality, sanity order and probably a healthy relationship right and in the foreground you have this guy who doesn't have any of that right so that's kind of what my, my chorus comes from so but it's kind of okay so here's where it gets a bit sort of arty and odd you're on a songwriting podcast you're allowed to be arty and odd <laughs> so i see myself as the as the scream guy and as the guy in the relationship in the background so there's this couple in the background and the scream guy in the, in the front so i'm owning the fact that the guy in the foreground has I have elements of him, so it's okay if you think that I'm crazy. Is this why on your lyric sheet you've got, like, red and blue uh, lines around the chorus? No, that's just for, for my own reference to talk about the song. Um, so essentially, I'm talking about the relationship between the guy in the foreground and the guy in the background. Almost as if they're the same person sort of thing. So the guy in the, in the foreground is saying, as you walk in the back of my panic attack, which is a, a uh, lyrical representation of the painting, he's having a panic attack and in the background as these two people walking. As you walk in the back of my panic attack, then my lines are increasingly blurred. In the painting, it's not like very clear-cut lines. They're blurred lines quite often. Oh, it's an expressionist piece. Pieced? Piece. It's an, it's an expressionist piece. He's gone that high. <laughs> and um, and then the guy in the foreground, this guy, crazy screaming. He's, you know, not having a good time of it. And I've been there in the back of the picture. I used to be that guy. I used to be the guy in the relationship, in the in the order, and in, in, not in a chaotic frame of mind. What's it like? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> 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 and um, And then the rest of it, is is my own take on the feelings I got from that. So those those bits there, I walk in, the, uh, you know, as you walk in the back of the, my panic attack, there's very much to do with the painting. I've been there in the back of the picture. And then the rest of it's, like, to do with sort of, like, I guess you could call it like unrequited love or just sort of wanting to go back to that good place and not really being able to, so you've got to move on. You know, you get to a point where you're like, this isn't actually going to work romantically or whatever with a person, so it's my time to move on now. Mm. And so that's basically what the rest of the song is about. Um, it's basically saying, if I keep going down this path with this person, then, you know, with my uh, sort of imaginations of what things could be like in my fairy tale mind, then it's not going to end well for me. So if I get down on my hands and knees and wait my turn for you, the person, in as the cold sits in, I don't think I'll ever belong, right? So that's kind of the verse. Um... I've just realised this is one of my first songs that actually has a through line. <laughs> like, all the it's way through. a narrative journey. And um, if you go back to the same... You've got a progression, Roger. I know. Um, and then if you go back to the same old ways, then it's my fault if I play that game, so on and so forth. And so it's basically all of that. If we keep doing this, then it won't do me any good. And I can't, I've got to let go of this thing. Um, another thing, lyrically, before I move on to the music, is I've noticed something I do, which I think would be kind of a, maybe a cool tip for anyone like who's listening who's like, who struggles with lyrics, how to start a set of lyrics, which is... Leans forward. <laughs> <laughs> which Concentration is, intensifies. It's something I just noticed I do, is I'll start a lot of verses with uh, with a setup, like you would with a joke. So if, I use if a lot as the first word of my verses. Um, if I was wise enough to fall in love, I would fall in love with you, one of my songs. Almost like a hypothetical supposition. Yeah, because it leads you then so that the end of the verse or the bridge or the chorus can go, if, then... I will do this. So it kind of it leads you with a question. That's kind of like similar to um, uh, Lucky Numbers, the last one from the previous run, where it's like uh, problem, action, uh, you know, cause or whatever, the three mm. categories there. It's, um, it's uh, splitting up your lyrics into like, and so that your chorus and your verses and your bridges all have like these determined roles. Mm. That's kind of a really good way to sort of keep each bit clear and keep each, each bit with a purpose as opposed to... Mm what I think everybody does at some point is like just start a song and start rambling so that your chor yeah. the chorus, this point that you return to, actually doesn't really have a lot of meaning sometimes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I, I know I've been very guilty of that in the past. I, I think everyone has at some point, but I do think it's a cool thing to ask something of a question or a proposition in your verse and then, so with this one, for example... If I get down on my hands and knees, if you go back to the same old ways, if I turn my back and run, if we keep playing the same old game, then... 
then I don't think it'll be very long, then I don't think it'll last very long, I don't think I'll ever belong. And then the chorus has this whole other section carved out for it where it can talk about, where I can talk about myself mm. and also the, the painting in this example. So I guess I just wanted to say that. It's kind of like a cool thing rather than, like you say, opening with rambling, which I've certainly done in the past, where you open with, I feel this way. Like, try and, and spread that out some, a little bit. You, you know? can get some great songs out of that because, you know, you'll end up like more of a stream of consciousness thing and you can make something out of it. Mm. The trap is to sort of just have the stream of consciousness and not, like, structure it at all or not, mm. like, find the theme and develop it. Whereas, like, organising your lyrics into, like, well, this is what this section is about. Like, this is going to be asking the question. This is going to be, like, providing the answer. This is going to be, like, the obstacle. Uh, you know, stuff like that. It's a, it's a good way to think about words. Yes, definitely, definitely. Totally agree. Um, it's just sort of a um, a cool thing to bear in mind when you go to write lyrics. Um so musically, um, I have been really into Todd Rundgren recently. Really? You don't say. <laughs> Not like I talk about it all the time or anything, but... It's, I think you've sent me, like, two Todd Rundgren songs on Messenger this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, there's this one song called Love of the Common Man. And, um, oh wow! Never heard that before. <laughs> that was weird. Did you just hear that music come in? Yeah, like thank you, Todd, for turning up and just playing your song. I, I'm impressed by how you got the fade out so clean. No problem, guys. That was a bad Todd Rundgren impression. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have known. You could have. You could have said it was perfect. <laughs> That was a perfect Todd Rundgren impression. Oh wow! I didn't know you had this skill. And uh, so I was listening to this song, and uh, I quite often listen to uh, music as I get out of the shower, and I put on Love of the Common Man for, like, the umpteenth time, and I was just listening to it, and it's got this lovely, like, upbeat feel to it, and I thought, I'm not going to rip off the song, but the feel and the rhythm of the song, the general approach this is... It's kind of what I ended up doing with Folds this week, like, uh, like trying to take the same approach. Yeah. But not carbon copy, fingers crossed. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, it's just taking, yeah, like you say, taking that same approach, so I kind of, you know, came in and got dressed and but that's irrelevant. But anyway, I picked up the guitar eventually. No, no, no. I, I, I think we need to sort of work out how dressed were you? Is this just like bare essentials or is it like like a full three-piece suit? Somewhere in the middle. Okay. Um, so I, Did I you start... have a tie? Enough! Listen to my insane ramblings. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Uh, I'm surprised he's not punched me yet. So I, I kind of like started out with that rhythm of... Just that general sort of rhythm. I started just kind of playing around with chords the same way I normally do. So just the way I normally start writing a song is basically just I've got that rhythm going. So the rhythm comes first, and I kind of choose a key. So A, for example. I just play with the chords I know are in the scale. And then, so eventually, and start playing with like lyrics and stuff. And so I got. It's very in key and everything. I, I just kind of turned on my phone, recorded. I was like, "That's a cool thing." Sounds kind of Todd Rundgren-y and stuff like that. So I thought I'll record that. I was like, "That'll be a chorus," but I, I wonder what I'll write about. Um, and then started thinking about the general topic of the song. Um, I was like, okay, well, I've got my chorus, but no lyrics, which is unusual for me, because usually they come at the same time. And so I started on my verse, and I was like, I'll come back to that chorus, and I'll listen to it on my phone if I need to. And I started with the verses, and I was like, what do I do for the verses? Um, a lot the answer is write something fucking brilliant. Oh, thank you, thank I'm you. I'm swearing a lot this episode. <laughs> Clean lyrics tag on iTunes. Fucking swearing. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Fucking swearing bastards. <laughs> okay, anyway. Fucking swearing bastards. <laughs> so I came up with this thing, which is um, quite often when I play a major chord and I'm like doing a guitar solo or something, I'm playing like my A major and I'll do this thing like with triads up at the top where I'll go. That sort of thing. And um, 
So I thought, what if I just kind of like run down that with two chords, but keep the bass the same on the A? I go. I'm just going like down the A, then down the E part of that like sort of riff. I mean, and like, there's such a vocal melody in that, you know? If I get down on my hands and knees and wait my turn as the cold sets in, now it's time for a change. So just two to five, B minor to E. I don't think I'll ever belong. No, I don't think I'll ever belong. And at this point, I'm like, shit, I've got a song. And I've got this chorus in mind too, you know? So I, I was like, okay. So um, you, you really hit the jackpot once you had that riff. It's just like, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, I've got this really cool section. I don't have to do any work for the next bit. It's great. I know. And, I, and then I had this thing, of, okay, I'll just write down the lyrics. I know what I'm going to write, but I just generally, no, they're not the best lyrics in the world. And I was just like, okay, the next part of the verse. And I was like, but I know I've got this chorus. And I played it all through at once. And I went like this. Second part I went, if you go back to the same old ways, then it's my fault if I play that game. I don't think it'll be very long. Now I know I've got the chorus. No, I don't think it'll be very long. And it's okay if you think that I'm crazy, because I fall deeper with every word. As you walk in the back of my panic attack, then my lines are increasingly blurred. Can I just say, I love the sort of um, pairing of that... That really high bit. Obviously, I'm not a singer. Um, with the panic attack bit, like, um, the rest of it is, like, talking about relatively calm stuff, but the exceptional bit is the bit that goes high and vulnerable, which I, I like the sort of pairing of your vocal tonality with the words. Thanks a lot. I, I can't take, like, conscious credit for that, but I did hear this interview with the songwriter once. I forget who it was. It uh, was me. Might have been Paul McCartney or Declan Kitchener. <laughs> One of the two. <laughs> I mean, we're basically the same. Basically interchangeable, really. <laughs> no, I was listening... I think it was Paul McCartney, whoever it was, anyway. They were saying... The cool thing with the chorus is it's generally higher than the verse with pop songs. Like, it's just a gen generally a higher... Almost number. always. And, and one of the main reasons that this person was saying was... There's more of an emotional intensity. If you go higher in your voice generally, it's more of a, like an anxious or vulnerable moment. So like to pair, and I didn't do this consciously, but to pair the high-pitched vocal with something that is more lyrically vulnerable, I think is a really like a match made in heaven, you know? I think this is kind of um, uh, something Bob Dylan has done on a few of his songs before. Like um, he'll sing a song comfortably and then he'll shift it up like a tone or a semitone or something so that it's actually straining his voice when he gets to the more emotive bits in the chorus. Yeah, yeah, I, th I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't think you can do it too, like, consciously, um, but I think it's a cool thing to maybe have when in the back happens, of your head. Nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so once I had, like, this verse and this chorus, I was like, okay, cool, I'm, I'm happy, but I was like, I kind of need a little bridge part um, just, just to elongate it a little bit and have a, a bit more content. So I did quite a normal thing, really, for me. I just went four, minor four, and then one, but instead of just playing an A major, I, I did the riff, and then to the five. What I quite like is uh, putting that E bit on the bottom, it sort of implies like a major seven, which is really nice. So mm. I, th I think we've, uh, over the past two seasons, we've used like major sevens quite a lot, because they are just really nice versions of chords to play. Like for example, E major seven, mm. or B major seven, A major seven. Yeah, I've they just... They're sort of... You can hang on them for ages, but, you know, they do eventually want to lead somewhere. Totally, totally. I mean, again, uh, with Todd Rundgren, I was watching a video of him not only playing live, but also kind of, like, for some reason, explaining his song A Dream Goes On Forever. And he was talking about how he got really into major seven chords, like, in a big way. And so he wrote a song that used all either major or minor seven chords, which is A Dream Goes On Forever. And um, when I saw him do that, I was like... I never realised they had as much, like, sort of, like, use or utility as as he made it out to be. So I was like, OK, I'll, I'll try and use more of this. But, but, I mean, that was kind of an accident with having, you know, to put the E over the A. Because it could... I was considering going... Which works fine, but it doesn't have that kind of lovely pedal that kind of like gives the song its energy and motor. Yeah, it sort of feels like two parts of something as opposed to one long part of something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah? Definitely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um... And then I think that's, that's pretty much it as far as this song goes. Um, 
What so, about that bridge section where you were going to that? Oh yeah, the minor four in the bridge. Uh, minor four in the bridge. Yeah. So you know. Uh, if I turned my back and run before the heartache had begun, I'd be on my feet by now. And then back into the verse, basically. It's it's nice and simple, but I love the fact that it's using the anchor of the song as a transition, almost. To get, yeah, yeah. To get to the five. What? Well, yeah. Am I right in saying that's the only time there's a minor four? Yeah, and I think it's the only non-diatonic chord in the entire song as well. Which is kind of... It's just nice to have it there. Like, yeah. If, just the once. Especially if you only touch it once, I think it has that really sad... Whereas if you have it every other bar, it's like, yeah, okay. Also, I like the fact you managed to work the riff into the bridge, which, you know, bridges are tricky because you've got to come up with new musical information but also keep it part of the same thing and not lose your potential audience. So managing to work the riff into that is really nice. Thanks, thanks. I mean, that again, that's just another product of listening to Todd Rundgren because he's a fantastic songwriter, but he is a very riff oriented guy too so he'll like write with riffs and something about listening to him do that is just maybe be like that is a possibility so i'm quite pleased with the fact that this has turned out to be almost like as much of a guitar piece as it is a song itself you know yeah because i think sometimes we end up on this challenge like uh where like oh my god your guitar was really clever this week or oh my god you were really like stretching for that melody it uses all of your range or it uses clever chords or something mm. It's it's a rare thing where you sort of get like a catchy pop song with a clever guitar part mm. with a brilliant vocal melody and great lyrics and have it all like wrapped up in the same thing at the same time. I think you've done that this week. Oh, I, thank you. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've really been like this. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, I'm, I must say I'm pretty pleased with how it turned out. And um, I, I actually managed to get the scream thing in there pretty on the surface, if you know what I mean. Like it's not super abstract well, it's I definitely just, referenced yeah can i just say as well that you were sort of saying earlier like oh you've gone and done your research properly and you've done all these facts that's not really what artwork's about artwork is more about like a personal interpretation of it and what it means to you which is exactly what you've done with these lyrics like uh through this sort of slightly weird methodology of having it on your phone and everything and like uh linking it to your own thoughts and everything, but you have come out with something that is your own interpretation of the work, which I'd argue is more valid than uh, just listing a bunch of history facts. Well, thanks. I mean, it's two different approaches to the same thing. So, you know, we both ended up with songs, and um, I appreciate it. Thank you. Hooray! Hooray! Seriously, phone hitting now. <laughs> phone him. <laughs> International call to Nigeria. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello, operator. <laughs> Get me hitty sticks. Stat. <laughs> Who? Hitty sticks. Yeah. Sorry. Don't you know anything, man? <laughs> He's the number one drummer in Nigeria, man. What are you doing? <laughs> oh dear. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Pretty much it. Unless you can think of anything else, I can't. So we've had a email in. Uh, we'll give the details at the end of the show, but we do like having emails in because they make us feel valued and important. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've had an email from a guy called Aaron J. Milner, which you may recognise. He's actually emailed the podcast before and sent something in. So he's written again, and it goes thus. Hello again. I like that you have moved to Spotify too. Hopefully it'll give you more exposure and maybe you have a reason to go through longer chunks of weekly songwriting. Uh, maybe one day when we can afford more petrol. Um, <laughs> oh, I like the themes this season. In my first email, I talked about trying to use more intricate, complicated chord structure. I found that my writing suffered a bit. I'll have to continue working on becoming better at guitar for now. I will say that one does tend to go like in with the other. Yes, yeah, like, uh, agreed. Once you can get to complicated shapes quickly, then you know, you're free to use them in more weird circumstances. Uh, for now, I decided to focus on the lyrics over better chords. I'll be leaning on my rhythm abilities. Since my first email, I've been writing a lot. I'm going to start production on my full-length album as soon as I can get money to do it. Same! Um, <laughs> uh, I feel my writing has improved, or at least I've told so by my peers. I want to share with you the fastest song I've written. My song, Ordinary Words, was written uh, in less than an hour. The only change I made to it after that hour was the very last line. I feel like it rounds out the sentiment of the song very nicely. I've been thinking about writing a song about clichés for a while, but until I found the title, the concept didn't click. I was looking up the chords for John Legend's Ordinary People and Google auto-filled Ordinary Words. It's a book that came out in the 90s. I thought, wow, what a great title, and then it flowed out. I really like telling that story on stage when I perform it. I still make sure to mention that it is very atypical. 
Uh, yeah, so let's have a little bit of a listen to that one then. Uh, the song Ordinary Words by Aaron J. Milner. Okay, so that was Ordinary Words by Aaron J. Milner, and uh, what a voice. Really, really good voice. Yeah, the children outside really loved it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that is a strong voice. Uh, that's going to be a good album when that comes out, I think. I do really like the theme of this one, the idea of um, like trying to find different words, and then like by the time of the chorus, it's like, oh, here we go back to the old cliches again. Yeah, the idea of owning that lyrical motif is quite sort of postmodern and smart, I found. It adds a bit of a meta-narrative to it, which is kind of nice. And I think the chords are nice as well. They're not the most complicated thing in the world, but, you know... Got that nice minor seven in there. It's, yeah. It's cool. It's got a, you know... It's a... So it's got that nice minor seven in there. It just... It works for the song, like, particularly where something is the emphasis on the lyrics, then you don't necessarily want to be putting, like, loads of diminishing sevens and runs and things... Like, this is always the point I make with people like Bob Dylan. Like, mm. uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door has got, like, three chords in it, and it's very repetitive, and it's one of the best songs of all time. Definitely. I, th- I think if you're very lyrically focused, as Aaron is, you know, and his lyrics are fantastic, and especially that line with um, uh, the grain of sand, you know, I want to be in your hourglass watching a... Your grains of sand. I love know? the I love the fact that it's kind of like um, two very cliche ones, and then this very evocative one. It's just like, yeah. oh, that's good. Yes, definitely. I'm hooked. Um, but I think when you when you're so lyrically focused like that, and you have a strong voice to carry the song, introducing a lot of new chords at the same time, uh, lots of diminished and augmented. This is like it can actually hinder you. Whereas I think maybe a cool trick to try, perhaps if, if you know if if anybody other would like to do something like this, would be to add only one new chord per new song. That's what I used to do back back in the day. It's just sort of like keep to my same roster of chords, but just like add in one new one just to see how it sounds. Mm. Um, but other than that, you know, really cool, well recorded, as it's a demo too, you know? Yeah, which um, you kind of wonder how the uh, full version of that would play out, because there's a the nice thing about it being like quite stripped back and simple is that there's a lot of ways you can take it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You can take it with drums or just keep it acoustic, add strings, whatever, you know. Um, so, yeah, really cool. Um, thanks for sending that in, Aaron. Double thumbs up. Quadruple thumbs up. That's both of us putting our thumbs up, folks. Fantastic. Eight thumbs up. My toe thumbs. Oh, something else has come up. Next section. Oh, God. <laughs> So that's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, If you wanted to send in one of your songs or you just want to write in a letter or you want to get in touch with us for any reason, uh, then why not message uh, weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. And if you want, we can read your email out on the air. We can play your songs. We can do loads of various things. We do like reading emails. Uh, It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. It's like people care about us and we actually have self-worth, which we know is a lie, but, you know, (laughs) it's a a nice illusion. Um, If you uh, enjoyed this week's episode, uh, why not leave a comment and a like in SoundCloud? Why not leave a five-star review on iTunes? Um, It doesn't have to be five-star, but we'd like it if it was. And um, why not follow us on Spotify to sort of keep up to date with new episodes when they come out and everything? Uh, Where can they find you, Roger? 
They can find me uh, predominantly my website, rogerheathers.com, which is uh, links to my band camp where all my albums are. Including um, the three that are released in 2019, uh, which have got fantastic reviews. And, 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 and your new uh, Pea Green Boat album. Yes, absolutely. Um, which I've been... not listened to yet because I haven't had the time, but I will get round to it. Bad friend. No, not really. Um, yeah, I've just uh, released an album with my, with my friend Joe under the uh, Pea Green Boat project. It's our fifth album and... Um, you might really like it, so check it out. Pea Green Boat. Um, the official motto is, if less is more, think how much more more will be. <laughs> official motto. We're so big, we have an official motto, like a not, presidency campaign. Do you know what would be really cool is if like, you did like a you and Joe did a dissection episode? Maybe when we're off air or something. Like, um, mm. like a get interest, you know, sort of like a, hey, we're still here, and here's like the behind the scenes. That could be kind of cool, actually. Because you've done ones before about your writing process. It'd be kind of interesting to see where that's headed on this album. Anyway, we've gone off the track a little bit. So I'm also on Instagram uh, and Twitter, at Roger Heathers. Just type in Roger Heathers and I will be there. I think I'm the only person called Roger Heathers in the world. That's, that's a lie. Um, where can they find you, anyway? Uh, you can find me on SoundCloud, uh, just Declan Kitchener. I think I am literally the only one. Um... Uh, and that's about it I should also mention that we do have a weekly song podcast YouTube which uh, has a couple of the episodes up there it's got an actual video episode of us uh, doing uh, a show from when we used to do these back in Cornwall and it's also got a a video about me talking about the album Queen 2 for about uh, four minutes uh, which is kind of something we were going to trial while we were off air and then we ran out of time to do it so during the next downtime I think we may start that on back up again depending on how all goes but you can mm. just literally google uh youtube weekly song podcast and you'll find that there talking of weekly song podcast social media accounts roger yes um we've had an instagram for some time but with the advent of us doing this sort of like challenge where you know influenced by casablanca and you know uh the scream and there'll be more to come i'm uh trying to kind of keep the instagram page nice and active so if you want to follow along with like the actual visuals of what we're doing um i'm posting um little bits and pieces to do with the challenges we're also posting our lyrics and kind of keeping a much more active instagram account so search the weekly song podcast on instagram and uh give us a follow um and uh yeah, give you us a message, you know. You can see how messy our handwriting is. <laughs> yes. Uh, you mentioned the challenges there. The challenge for next week is going to be Egyptology, which is a bit of a weird one. It's not necessarily like one specific artwork or something, or like, uh, you know, it's a topic that actually requires research, mm. uh, which terrifies me. <laughs> I can't just go to the Wikipedia page for this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, fingers crossed we end up getting something good out of that. Mm. Uh, and I think that's literally it, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Cool. We'll see you next week then. Ta-ra. Ta-ra.